Hi, everyone. Today is Wednesday, April 14th of 2021. And we're here with Rudy for, of course, Rudy's Psychic Meetup. How's it going, Rudy? Hey, it's going great. Hard not to talk about cryptos tonight because we're all doing so well. But uh, it's been a good week. And Sam, just as you called it, between the 13th and the 15th, something's happening, right? And uh, I'm sure we're all noticing it in our portfolios. Yeah, I have to say that this week has probably been just the last two days. Well, between the 13th and the 15th, I've received the most, uh, you know, personal messages from people just thanking me for the guidance and sharing their wonderful story about uh, their crypto gains and returns. And it's pretty phenomenal. I'm very excited. I'm not surprised about it, but it's still, it's still great to see it. And what's the most wonderful part about it is how excited everybody is. And finally, you know, all your patience and pain, like the mental pain people have been through <laughs> with cryptos is unbelievable. Um, so it's so nice to see that you are receiving your just reward. So congratulations, everybody. And we will move on with that. We will be talking a lot about cryptos tomorrow with Muant. So let's stick to Rudy's topics. Tonight. That's right. So Sam, in the last, we've had a couple topics in the last few meetups that have kind of made me think about some another topic. But um, you know, you've mentioned before in the past about the Anunnaki and how you saw them essentially tinkering with the DNA of humans, right, to to help yes. with the mining of the gold. Okay. Yes. Um, then we've also, I think last week we mentioned charisma, like people that are kind of natural leaders and they kind of have that ability to attract people. And am I remembering correctly that you saw that kind of as a gift, uh, kind of a natural, only these ability, supernatural abilities or just, um, how would you characterize it? Oh, I think that that's a, that's in the list of talents that people have okay. for, you know, um, cause someone, someone says, you know, oh, you know, I would love to have your talent, Sam. And I'm like, well, you may not have my talent, but. I mean, I could never play the piano like you play. I mean, I play by by notes. I have to work for every, you can't hand me sheet music and I can't like learn it and just play it flawlessly a few weeks later. I have to painstakingly figure it out. And I'm not a natural in a lot of things. Other people, builders beyond or artists. I mean, I can't even, I can't paint a room, let alone a picture. I mean, you know, so everybody has their own talents and gifts and i think things that are everything that is not um falls into sort of the sixth sense category which would be the unseen abilities that okay. certain people have setting that aside i see talents right okay. talents like the the ability to paint to sing to um heal people um is uh like if like counselors for example the the actual laying on of hands or 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 you know throwing intentions and and doing healing work that would be more along the lines of sixth sense medium okay. psychic type work but again you know it doesn't fall under the talents that i'm talking about that just everybody has one the other or many of well, and it got so that got me to thinking of you know we have kind of a very small number of people who you would consider very unique, charismatic leaders, and you know if you were going to engineer a, a genetic group of you know slaves, you might think about how can you make sure that they self-govern. And I've always kind of had this theory that you know is it are we somehow genetically engineered so that maybe one out of a hundred or one out of a thousand has both these traits of charisma, intelligence, all these things that we see in a leader that is able to motivate large numbers of people 
and then within that subset, you know, then there's you know, people who might be good at managing a large group of people, maybe like the region of a country. Do you think that that those skills or abilities are programmed in our DNA in, in such a way that in a random way, you know, one out of a hundred or a thousand might rise to the top? I don't think that it's in our DNA. I think that you have your basic personality traits, but then you have your life circumstance. And then you also have your um, opportunities as well. I mean, someone may, you know, quickly rise to leadership in a broken down country, you know, looking for leaders, whereas it's very difficult for anyone to rise up in leadership very quickly in established, you know, for example, Western countries, you know, many of the politicians, many of the people who became presidents of the United States, for example, had been in politics for many years, not all, of course, but many had been, you know, politicians previously been Congress or Senate or something, right? Um, You know, so it's, again, life circumstances. I don't think that we can put too much on our DNA or even back to the original, you know, tinkering of our DNA. They were really just looking for um, humans because we were above the um, ape mind. So we still had, we still had strength and agility, but we um, had the intellect that they needed. Okay. All right. Yeah. Cause you know, you think about leadership and you come at it from a couple different angles, but those skills can be, um, some people are just natural leaders and we've all come across those people. And then I've also seen sort of the corporate robots that go through CEO school and, you know, they're, they, they have these talents that they just are not even a talent, but these behaviors that they mimic of successful people, um, you know, and are able to kind of lead these organizations. So that was my one thing is wondering you know, if that was somehow encoded, but it is interesting, you know, even animals and, and humans, we all sort of organize ourselves around some sort of hierarchy around whether it's, you know, age, strength, gender. There's something that organizes most living creatures. Do you think that is ingrained somehow or that's just the most efficient way that uh, species of, of animals can thrive? I think it's a survival instinct. Okay. You know, of course, as humans, you're going to, you know, move towards the individual that you feel is, you know, not only the most intelligent one to lead you, because, you know, who wants to follow somebody who's not smarter than you are, or at least that <laughs> you, you think is more intelligent, has more intelligence, Yeah, you know, because then you have like that trust. And that's why there's the age thing that comes into play as well, because uh-huh. you want to have people who are wise and mature and have experience, mm-hmm. you know, so these are some of the factors that fall into place. And I, I think that that is just completely... Um, you know, our situation here on the earth realm and see, that's the, that's the thing too, is that none of that is required on the other side because everybody survives. There's no, there's no like criteria. It's not like, oh, you know, you had a bad leader who, you know, didn't see that all that pollution was going to end up killing everybody and didn't make the appropriate changes. And, you know, now look at your country. Oh, where are you going to go? Right. Okay. Oh, too bad. Right. Whereas it's survival. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, and there's these tools, and this is the other part I wanted to talk about tonight was, you know, there's tools they've been around for a long time. There's newer ones that have developed uh, ways to analyze people's personalities. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, share uh, a document here. And let me know if you can see this. I'm also monitoring to make sure we can see. Yeah, I can see it. 
Okay, perfect. I'm not seeing it coming through in the screen share. There it is. Okay, perfect. All right, so this is the Myers-Briggs type indicator. And Sam, have you ever come across this in your professional yeah. life? Okay, good. I do. I do. And I still have my, I still have my copies actually of my tests. I can't remember what mine were. I want to say it's up it's up in this, but we'll, we'll get to that. But uh, just for those of you who may not have heard of this, so this is a tool using, you know, it's in the corporate workplace has really adopted this, but this was something uh, done in the 40s by um, a woman, Catherine Briggs, and her mother, Isabel Myers. And they based this largely on the work of Carl Jung. And it was Carl Jung who originated this theory of uh, psychological type. And what it really tries to do is, decode people and put people in into categories, right? And as humans, we love to categorize and analyze things. Um, but really, it looks at a couple different things of, you know, how you see the world, um, or, you know, extrovert or introvert, how you gather and process information, and how you make decisions and live your life. And based on these types, you can kind of generalize people into certain categories. And I guess from a management perspective, it's good to know your employees what they're like and how to lead them and put them in the right situation so they can be the most successful. Um, but Sam, my question about this, do you think this is a fairly accurate or useful tool or does this fall under that category of pseudoscience and humans just kind of, uh, you know, categorizing things? No, I feel like it is a, a useful tool. Um, I took a couple of different tests and kept the results because what it does is this was the Myers-Briggs they had to send away. This right. was back in the eighties when I took that. And what they did is they invested the money in me taking the Myers-Briggs because they wanted to know what type of salesperson I was, what type of training I needed, what type of support, that kind of thing. Right. So, okay. you know, I just like took the test and then there was years later, it just seems that, um, a lot of the people that they would bring in to train us uh, because, you know, as a salesperson who was a director, they would meet with us a couple of times a year and they would use that as an opportunity to bring people in to do, okay. you know, training so that we could be leaders to our people. And um, I found that the usefulness of these tests, it was interesting because there would be, I, I actually had the same personality test like the same results and it, and it was like there were so many different people and they came out with a score uh -huh. anyways myself and the guy who was the ceo at the time we came out with the same score interesting so, yeah it was interesting do you remember what you were do you want to share i can't remember it was a different okay. one from this because it was a more recent one that they were okay. using it was something that he brought his wife in and they did this personality test thing and I was teasing him about it, right? Because he didn't much care for me because, you know, I told him he would say things that, well, like I said, <laughs> I, I, he wasn't as good at the business, in my opinion, because, you know, he didn't have the experience that I did. Yeah. And I remember one time he just didn't have that kind of currency with me. Oh, and I don't funny. think he liked, he didn't like that very much. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I've heard people talk about this and, you know, we're all different in different situations and we adapt. But I think the best way I heard somebody describe this was in an interview and they said, really, you use this to know that when people are kind of at the end of their rope, their resources are exhausted, they're tired, mentally, physically drained. What's the behavior type they default to and how are they going to, you know, what do they fall back on? Um, and I think this was really probably a good way to say that is what, what's your default operating system? You can adapt. You know, I, I have like I'm over here on the left, which is kind of the ISTJ kind of responsible, reserved, hardworking and, you know, like to keep quiet, keep to myself. 
um, pretty practical. You have Moo over on the other side who might be more kind of that independent, strategical, but still introverted, um, you know, and maybe a, a project that I might work on would drive him crazy and vice versa, you know, because we wouldn't be maybe equipped for the same thing. But Sam, I was assuming you might be down in the extrovert region. Um, do you remember if that you were introvert or extrovert? No, I am actually introverted. I know that you got, and that is, I explained to people early on when we started talking about the personality tests and they were like, oh, you know, you must be an extrovert. And I said, you would assume so, but um, you have to remember, does it make me tired? You know, if you're an introvert and remember it was my job, I would get up in front of, you know, 20 to 30 people. And I would train them from nine o'clock in the morning until three o'clock in the afternoon. We would have a lunch break and we would have like a morning and an afternoon break for like 15 minutes. But all day I would go and I had no problem because this was my job. Like this was Mm -hmm. this was something I had learned to do since I was in my early 20s because I I was I had to do it. Um, But at the end of the day, my sister, who is an extrovert and she worked for me, she would be like, hey, me and the girls, we're going out for a drink after this and we're going to get a bite to eat. Why didn't you come with us? Right. And of course, I'm like, I've had enough of people like I've had it. I got to go and be by myself now. So that's, I think, an important fact for people to know that, you know, if I'm hanging out and, you you know, and I disappear yeah. for a little bit and you don't see me for, you know, a good half a day, you know, and it's because I really do need that time to recharge when I've been around yeah. large groups of people. I'm the same way, Sam. You'll be in the owner's suite in the in the cruise. Now, my wife, you know, she is the exact opposite. She loves to go out, and when she's around groups of people, she can talk, and it actually energizes her. And I'm like, I'm exhausted. So, um, yeah, we, <laughs> I'll, I'll need a whole weekend off after going to a party. We'll put it that way. So interesting. That was really what I was wondering is if somehow they've cracked this code. If it was indeed encoded, but um, that is good to know that this is a pretty accurate and useful way of of looking at people's behavior. Um, the next one I want to talk about and this is the last topic here let me see if i can scroll down there we go this one is the five chinese elements uh as it pertains to personality types and this is something my wife has been studying you know i hear about it all the time and you know i'm not even going to be able to scratch the surface of the five elements so this goes back like two thousand years you know um and it's really the five elements began with this inner canon of Huangdi, who was uh, the Yellow Emperor. I think he was the first emperor to kind of unite China. Um, and this was a Chinese medical text that was, you know, kind of the, it's the fundamental doctrine of, of Chinese medicine. So you think about the, you know, the work that the Hippocratic corpus uh, in Greek medicine or Galen is in Islamic and medieval European medicine. These are documents that are sort of the foundation of, of their medical uh, practices. And so basically what it comes down to is Chinese physicians, they, they kind of use these five elements, um, water, wood, fire, metal, and earth. And they all exist in some sort of support control mechanism that feed and drain each other. Um, and they apply it not only to personalities, but to medicine and energy and all kinds of other, all aspects of life. I'm sure Barefoot Doc could probably tell us a lot more about it. Um, but this is a little bit more simplistic, but I wanted to see if you just, um, you know, the people on the other side give you a reaction to this. Is this indeed another useful way or is this, um, I guess, I don't know, do you get any thoughts on this, on being able to use this way to classify people versus Myers-Briggs? 
I think it's a very simple one. I think that you can just look down the list and, you know, and see which one you're at. I'm, I don't know if I would be earth or wood. You would probably have to get me to take a test too. I would say I, I'm probably wood. I'm very okay. much a provider and goal oriented. Yeah. Um, very, very by the book. And the, yeah. And, and my mom, my wife always tells me that I'm uh, metal, um, you know, cause I have to do things the, the right way and I have a way of doing things. She was the fire element and they're kind of a little bit more scattered. Uh, waters are kind of a little more like, Oh yeah. You know, they're not as structured. And it's funny because she uses a lot in her coursework and how people learn um, and finds it a very useful tool. But, you know, I guess with any of these systems, they're just ways to categorize, simplify, and understand behavior, relationships, and how people operate. Um, but I just didn't, wanted to find out if you had a feeling of, are any of these one any better than the other, or they're all just probably equally as useful? Well, I think it's good. To, uh, it's all it's all equally useful because it very simply breaks down um, the human personalities into five different types, and it helps you understand, you know, if you are a caretaker and a stabilizer, and you are married to um, a philosopher, dreamer, slash empathizer, then you have to realize that. And again, you know, if you're yeah. a provider and you're goal oriented and you're with the entertainer, energizer, you know, you got to make sure that you're aware of that. And it does help people, I believe, have healthier relationships with one another because I do find that, you know, 90% of the time when we're, living in strife, it's because we don't understand one another and we're not communicating properly. And a lot of it has to do with, you know, what people are hearing with what we're saying is not what we mean. And I do find that communication is one of the big challenges of living in this realm. You know, after you feed and clothe yourself, mm -hmm. um, you know, very few people will ever reach self-actualization. Most people um, will you know, in North America have, you know, gotten out of the survival mode, um, but will never get to the self-actualization because they have so many things piled on them in their personal life that is holding them down. And then when they get free from it, then they jump into, into and continue with, you know, the bad choices or, or also not accepting people for who they are. It's like, oh yeah, you shouldn't go down that road because you're going to get all tangled up in yeah. bad relationship stuff again. And oh, didn't you just get out of that? <laughs> like, didn't you take some time alone and figure out what you're all about and, you know, do some fixing of yourself and just, you know, sit your happy ass down, just relax. You don't need to be in such a rush for everything. Just like how everybody like reiterates to me now. I want, I want the coins that are going to move the fastest and give the high. Yes, I know that I'm, I'm looking for those two, but that is not to be had. All I can do is give you this, the survivors and the monsters and whatever the timing is, you just have to accept it and know I'm on the short term anyway. So you're yeah. all good. So just don't be, you know, eyeing your Tezo suspiciously. Yeah, and that's a great way to say it because that, that would be something a metal would say. Now I want this or wood, and a fire would be like, I want to buy this and I want to do this and go here. Or they would tell you the things they want to do and the experiences, yeah. and and they're communicating the same thing, right? And that's it's been interesting. Is uh, you know, Teresa, I'm glad Teresa has taken this because it it's helped us in our communication because I know when she's talking in her fire element, and she really knows when I'm in my metal element. So, um, all right, well, good stuff. Let me stop sharing here. And uh, we will go to the questions. So interesting stuff tonight. Thanks, Sam. Uh, all right, Harvinder writes, hi, Sam. Do you see this COVID pandemic finally getting over? 
or when do you see it finally getting over? Oh, I think we're in that right now. I had expected that once we got through the Easter weekend in North America in particular or in the Western world, that things would start to open up and lighten up. All right. Thanks, Sam. Uh, Brantley J says, hello, Rudy and Samantha. You have mentioned that the other side is never wrong, just your interpretation, and that you are in training working with us in this grand experiment. When you see things and they get it wrong, is there a usual reason why? Uh, what have you learned so far? Well, the biggest thing, Bradley, and that's a really great question, thanks for asking, is that um, I know that you, in your mind, when I tell you I see stuff, you are probably imagining a different thing than I am, right? The nuances of the translation are so gentle and far-reaching. It's so hard to grasp it sometimes. It's like, it's more like an idea in your head than it's a picture. Now, sometimes I do get pictures and I mean, and people have experienced that because I've told them what the pictures are and they're like, oh my God, you're freaking me out, you know? So, you know, that happens once in a while, just like once in a while, I'll get like these complete crazy, like bang on crypto predictions that you're like, there is no way that was a coincidence. Like this lady, she is picking up stuff from the ethos. It's one of those things, right? Like just once in a while you you see a picture and you and there's no mistranslation it's not possible to misunderstand but this is why i need to go back and forth with people when i'm talking to them mm -hmm. so that i can understand the knowings right many times you know they'll give me a number and i'll oh the biggest thing bradley is that i assume stuff because bradley asked what have you learned what is you know what have i learned so far and that the biggest thing that makes me trip over my interpretation is I I give assumptions. Yeah, and what I found interesting is you've said before that they, they'll show you pictures of something from your life that you are familiar with to translate for this person here. So, and that can be tough as well because it might bring up a feeling or emotion or situation, but you have to figure out well, what am I supposed to tell them of the picture that I'm showing, right? Yes, yeah, like the medical stuff is easy because okay. if somebody's trying to figure something out, they'll show me a situation that I run across either in my own family or that I knew about, right? They'll, they'll show me that, but showing me that it's, I'm telling you, it's an idea that comes into your head and this is why it's so difficult. And that's why I want to give people as much information as possible who are training to be mediums, because, you know, I'm telling you, I, when I was talking about the explosion in the middle East, um, I mean, I, I was describing it, but I almost felt like I was lying to everybody. I was like, oh my God, like, this is crazy, this idea in my head, but I'm just going to go with it because it's so strong. It was so strong. Yeah. And, I, and, and we were talking about cryptos as well, which also made me feel kind of dumb. But I'll tell you right now, sometimes you will feel like there's no way, there's no way that this is really going to happen because it's just beyond your comprehension as a medium to believe, you know, what your idea, you're like, because you knew you weren't thinking about anything like that, right? Yeah. So it was obviously in, inputted in there, you know? Yeah, that memory of an idea kind of thing. It's, yeah, I know what you're saying. And this is, again, much of my information is completely based on the psychological point of view. All of the stuff that we never think about as humans. And I've noticed it's more, I've learned so much from either the mistakes that I've made or like the feedback that I get from you guys. So some of you, I gave you like blabs on Discord. I answered a question during Ask a Medium. I'm getting a lot of feedback from people 
And I, I still wonder, I'm still in wonderment at how specific and exact I am on some things. And then it's very helpful to know if I'm off. Like one person told me that I had said that they would do this in April, but they take took it as April of 2020. It was actually actually this April okay. that they ended up, you know, doing this. It was it was Tinkerbell posted something about okay. that. Yeah. So it just sometimes you don't know until that. Yeah. And I never lost faith the whole time. Just like I never lost faith in cryptos. And if you even look again, I'll bring it up. The March 2020 when we did that huge like crash, that smash down. Yeah. And I'm so calm. Oh, yeah. I didn't see that coming. Oh well, you know, oh well, ha, ha, you know, just <laughs> just back up the track and buy some more, right? You know, it's all good, right? Just because I wasn't worried. And it's the same with this craziness yeah. that's going on in the US. I'm not worried. I'm like, it, they must get to the bottom of it because I only see great things coming for the United States and the people of the United States. They're not going to get it as bad as the rest of the world. So, yeah. you, know, and I, you know, and I have a friend who's, you know, out of fear. He's like, are you going to sell off? Are you going to do this? And I'm like, you know what? I'm not, he's very much in that fear cycle where, you know, he, he got burned last time going through. And so I also, you know, it's a different feeling this time. And I think a lot of us feel that there's something different about this market. So um, yeah, and we're not buying a car until after April. I'm waiting until April finishes up. So, <laughs> Yeah. Um, all right. Raymond has a good question here. Uh, Pat Tillman was a football player in the NFL. and He was from Arizona. He joined the Army after se uh, September 11th, 2001. Uh, he went to Afghanistan and was accidentally shot by his own people during an ambush. There was a lot of speculation about the circumstances around his death. Was the shooting an accident or was it somehow deliberate? Thanks. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was an accident. I did read about that and my knowings on it, which I believe are correct, was that it was absolutely an accident, a tragedy, um, friendly fire, which is one of the top um, reasons why military men and women are killed in action is their own friendly fire. I mean, when you think about it, you're, you know, and even accidents. I mean, you know, if my son told me that he was going to go into the army and he was going to go in training and boot camp, you know, and if he got into the army, I would worry that, you know, even accidentally, he would have something happen to him because they're dealing with all explosives, heavy equipments. I mean, even driving a tank, yeah. you know, you can hurt people if you're not backing up properly. You know, if you run someone over with a tank, I don't think there's any chance of survival there. And I'll get her training accident. Yeah, I heard a story of, uh, you know, a bunch of, we were going through jump school and a plane had crashed because they, they'd line up everybody on the runway to board the, the next jump plane. And one of the plane crashed and, you know, took out a bunch of the recruit, the people there ready for their jump. And yeah. so those things happen and you don't hear about them. I mean, it's very hushed up. So, um, yeah, there, there was a lot of speculation just because he was kind of more well-to-do. He gave up his life in the NFL. He had a lot of money. A lot of people there, to, you know, in the Army didn't have money. So there was some thought of like maybe some jealousy, but um, well, that's good to hear that it wasn't anything yeah. um, no no there was there was some some envy but i think there was more respect because he had given up so much okay. to just be a regular guy with them okay you know they had more disdain for the rich people who use their money and just would never have given up any you know wouldn't have never have thought about you know i guess fighting yeah. for their country yeah all right. Thanks, Sam. Uh, Mark writes, hi, Sam and Rudy. Do you feel that future medical technology will be able to heal or cure some forms of mental and physical disabilities? Thanks. Um, yes, I do feel that once we get through all of this, the next four to 10 years, um, depending on where you live on the planet, um, and even during this time, 
there is going to be a renaissance in the medical field. And one of them is going to be cures found for so many things that are currently killing people. And another really big part of it is they're going to improve people's quality of life in their old age. So, or if they are mentally ill, they're going to increase their quality of life. You know, even, uh, you know, somebody who has, you know, a severe disability and they're not able to communicate, um, you know, some of the computer programs that help them communicate. I mean, that's going to be life changing and it becomes in a more inexpensive as well. So that's the other thing is that it's going to be more accessible to everybody, which is really important because, you know, you can have something really fantastic to improve somebody's quality of life who has cerebral palsy really bad, you know, a child, but if it costs like $180,000, well, you know, who's going to be able to get that other than, you know, people who do fundraisers or, you know, people who have oh. lots of money. So that's a really big part of it too, is that this is going to be, this is going to be stuff that's going to become affordable as well. Can you see like the kind of technology that'll, that'll play this role? Because I think a lot of things that gets, uh, you know, in the woo-woo space, you hear about these med beds. There was that movie Elysium with, um, what's his name, Matt Damon or Crypto Spartan, whatever his name is. Right. And, uh, you know, there's this bed that kind of cures all your diseases. Do you, what kind of technology do you see actually helping us? Is it a variety? Yeah, it's a variety. There's not going to be anything like that. That's okay. solely in science fiction. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, next question comes from... Uh, Matu Zelenko, I think I said your name right. It's a new name. Welcome. Um, they say, Sam, who are the people on the other side? How to best explain the nature and the origin of the knowledge and energy that we, through you as a medium, are being exposed to? Okay. So there's, there's, um, so we are source, you and me and everybody here, we are part of source. So when we die, we all go over and we're all together again. We're all one group but yet we're individuals or little balls of light, but we can all come together and be one ball of light, right? We're all like intellect. Um, and what the purpose of being here on earth was so that we could learn lessons and become wiser beings because on the other side where everything is perfect, you're, there's no challenges, right? Um, so one of the things that happens when you have a person, a light being comes over here and is born as a human, sometimes in the DNA that, some a light being will have the ability to communicate with the other side, just like if they were in pure form, right, without a human body weighing them down, they could, everybody can easily communicate with the other side. But see, there's something about the human body that it shuts that off. It, it, it just it just really mutes the ability. Like the, they talk about the veil coming down. And that's what they mean by that. It mutes the ability because then if you really knew who you were, and that's kind of against the rules of the game, because if you really knew about the other side and everything, then, you know, it's like you're not really you're not really playing the game right, because the whole part of it is that you're supposed to naturally want to be good and serve others and improve yourself and learn lessons. And, you know, here's what was handed. Here were the cards that were dealt to you. And this okay. is how you you exercised your talents that were given to you. It's a very complicated situation that only you'll you you will get it when you cross over to the other side it's very simple when you're a light being the whole process and everything but when you're here on this side so i have two different places that i get my information one is source which is everybody all together like the collective on the other side and then i have 
the individuals who belong to source, but they will, they will come out and they will communicate with me. And that would be like your tribe. So it would be like your grandfather, your cousin, your neighbor's son who might've died of rubella when he was really young but maybe he really liked you and played a lot with you and now is showing up for your reading to communicate with me and to be helpful in your individual life so those people are typically uh, members of your individual tribe from the other side and when i'm doing predictions for example on um, the general stuff like the stuff about the political things and everything, I believe that I get the majority of that from source, like so okay. the collective, and that's all part of the Great Awakening and giving this information to kind of punt everybody a little bit more to the right side. Okay. And then there's also that information that's just out there in the ether that is a, your psychic, natural psychic abilities kind of pick that up as well too, right? Yes. Well, I'm not, see, when I'm talking as a medium, I'm speaking to living entities on the right. other side. The psychic part is when it's it's non-living entities and it's just the ethos. And that's what about 5% of the population can naturally um, get involved with. That's okay, Rudy. My son does that all the time. <laughs> I'm like, oh, for God's sake, I'm doing the life. Do you notice there's the reason why this yeah. wall is behind me? <laughs> you knew I was going to be on camera. Yeah, uh, you know what it is. <laughs> Oh, all right. Thanks, Sam. Um, Caitlin has a good question here. Uh, when do you see the world receiving full disclosure about higher intelligent life aliens? Uh, will this be delivered by governments or will the collective just come to understand this reality themselves through personal experiences and research? If delivered by the governments, will they try to manipulate the narrative so that they so that we are told they exist, but that they have some malevolent agenda and that which we should fear contact? Thanks. Okay, so, I mean, at one point, the world, of course, is going to be aware that there are aliens, and it's not going to be in a good way. Um, but for right now, the government is trying to keep it on the down low as much as possible because um, they don't know very much, right? So it's the lack of information that they have about these aliens. And, you know, I'm going to tell you, my knowledge on aliens is of what the people on the other side give me it's very limited you know but i do feel that it is right and 80 percent of the aliens out there are more of the scientific individuals because just like how we have scientists they do as well you know and and they're in, you know we're interested in exploring other um galaxies and if we knew that there was an alien nation somewhere else we would be interested to know about it um, but unfortunately there is a percentage who are um you know of the warring kind okay. you know, who have like that's their mentality and that's like well the anunnaki for example they didn't think anything about coming to our planet and then messing with the i don't know hominids or whatever we yeah. it is that our race was before that they dickered with and then <laughs> you know came up with the with the humans and, um, you know, that was like totally against the rules, but they didn't care because they just wanted the gold and the precious metals that they needed, that they had run off, run out of in their own, you know, planet. And yeah. they weren't able to create anything else to replace it. So they had to go and get it elsewhere. And of course, they're not going to go and dig it out themselves. Right. And they just didn't have the right equipment to do everything. So they still yeah. needed humans, but they needed, they needed, you know, 
they needed slaves who were smart enough not to kill themselves okay. doing stupid things, right? <laughs> they, they needed to know like what, yeah. So that was probably the big part of it. But like I said, I think that the governments are hiding it because they're a little bit afraid and they don't really have all the answers. So yeah, of course they are going to try to manipulate the narrative. Um, but for the most part, I think that we're going to figure this out ourselves and that it'll be other individuals uh, that are approached outside of the government that okay. they will speak to. It's the slow, the slow disclosure. Yeah. Cause that's, I think people say, why are we paying all this money for a military? If they don't know anything about this stuff, come on. Um, all right. Cat M says, hi, Sam and Rudy. Sam mentioned on Sunday that the principalities see people with abilities as a threat to upsetting their malevolent plans for people and that they want it to destroy individuals by creating a something society. Would you be more specific about how they attempt to destroy individuals and how they come after people with abilities? Are they attempting to destroy people physically or spiritually or both? An example or two would be great. Thanks. Well, um, when people are working as mediums, for example, especially if they're doing readings, it would be like the times before I'm doing readings or before I'm doing live streams when I'm going to be speaking to source or accessing and read in the case of readings, I'm not necessarily speaking the source. I'm speaking to the individuals of that person's family, who their tribe on the other side. But in order for me to get there, um, it's like the principalities, they see the bright flame and they know where I'm going. So they're going to try to interrupt. And tr what they do is they try to pull your vibration down. So what they'll do is like the same way that the people on the other side, when they're trying to communicate with me to translate, to help somebody, they'll show me something from my own life, like anything that will communicate, you know, like, oh, hey, are you looking to get a new car? Like, they'll show me a new car, the, my new car that I just got. And then I'll be like, oh, hey, are you looking to get a new car? Because, oh, I am. Oh, my God. We were just talking about, we were trying to decide last night. Oh, well, I'm feeling like, and then when they showed me the picture of my car, I felt really happy about it. Okay. So that, so like, it's like I'm translating. It's sort of yeah. like, but, but I have to confirm with them that the flash of the picture of my new car is, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but before I'm going to do that, they don't send me flashes of new cars. They send me a flash of, the crazy, like the maniac junior high principal that I had who just like, I'm sure he created PTSD and everybody, <laughs> you know, and this guy was a maniac. Like he had a really bad temper. Mm -hmm. And I remember one time during assembly, you know, him just charging down the aisle. And I was just like, this is so out of control. Like, why don't the teachers do something about it? You know, like he's abusing these children. This was like back in the eight, early eighties. Yeah. Right. So people could act like total asshats like that with children. I mean, if you did that stuff today, I, I mean, and I'm, I'm thinking back now and I'm like, well, you wouldn't let that grade five teacher paddle you. You told her straight to her face that your parents would be down at the school and then it would be curtains for her. I was like, I was like, I don't, I'm not from Florida. I said, if you, I said, where I come from, if you touch me with that, that's considered child abuse. So if you touch me with that, my parents are going to be down at the school like, by the end of today. So she like to, and it was this big ass paddle, right? You know, and I'm in grade five. And what did I do? Oh, I, I had, I had shorts. I had rolled up my shorts too high, but it was because we were playing sports. Right. And I didn't want my shorts getting in the way of my running. Yeah. Cause they were the cutoff jean shorts. Right. So anyways, that was my long story about how I almost got, you know, paddled by the teacher in 1978 in Florida. 
But I mean, people still lived in shacks. Like we went through this shanty town and you're like, oh my God, people live in these shacks. They don't have them anymore. I mean, they've yeah. all been thrown yeah. down, but there was, I saw so much stuff that I didn't even know, you know, existed in the world. But, um, you know, so, so they would try to bring stuff up or they might bring up something that's really sad you know, and upset you about something, trying to lower your vibration. But like with me, I'm like, I totally know what they're up to. Yeah. But I do remember one time they got me upset about something and then I opened up the cupboard too hard and then I smacked myself in the head. And I was like, okay, I was like, well played. All right. I know you're mad. I know you're mad. I'm doing this. And you probably thought that was great. You got me right here in my, but you know what? That's the best. That's the worst you're going to do to me. Yeah, but it's, it's those thoughts that come out of nowhere of like an embarrassing situation you had or where you may have made yes. somebody feel that like you have no reason to be thinking about that. They just pop into your head, right? Yes. Yeah. And that never happened to me before. Like there okay. were, they, they tried to make problems in my mind that were never problems before. Yeah. Right. It's just sort of like, listen, that happened to me when I was 14. I've been, I'm so over that. Like, I don't <laughs> even care about those people. Who are those people to me? Right. But yet they try to spin some type of story just to even get your blood pressure going. But that's only been happening to me since I've been doing reading. So I'm like, Oh my goodness, I better tell the other mediums about that. Okay. So when this starts to happen, you know, you're going to be doing good stuff for the world because they will try to step on you and push you down and destroy you. But uh, you just laugh at them. Right. Cause you know what, you know, what's up, you know, what's up, you know, All right. Uh, Raymond writes, hello, Sam and Rudy. This might be a bit of a stretch, but if God is continuously creating and expanding, is it possible that God is a form of artificial intelligence that learns from us and other aliens to become smarter and more talented? Intuitive learning to build new worlds? Well, I mean, it's true. I do believe that source is continuously creating and expanding. And I don't think that um, God is a form. I don't think that source is a form of AI. I think that it just is. It's us, us little light beings over on the other side, running things together. Um, And the reason why we're coming to the earth realm is because we want to learn. So it's not, um, it's, you know, it's not, God's not learning from us because we are source. Like we are part of, like we're all in this together and we learn from each other, but where we're learning is the earth realm. And then we go back after we learn here and then we have our end of life review. Yeah. You know, oh, it's quite a setup, actually. I'll tell you, it's brilliant. I mean, here the Anunnaki thought that they were like really, they were breaking the rules. And, and, and but then it just gave Source a better idea. Hey, I'm going to incarnate in those humans and then, you know, go oh. through the life cycle and then learn. And not uh-huh. have everything, you know, because when you can make things with your mind, you just think it and it is. Yeah. And communication is you do it without thinking. Like I do um, a lot of that with the quote unquote, the mind reading. You know how you say to me sometimes you're like, Samantha, get out of my my mind. Like you're, yeah. you're talking about what I'm thinking about. And that happens a lot. It's just I don't do it on purpose. It's just, you know, the, the state of being that you're in when you are. A medium it's just the way that it is okay uh thanks sam jackie b writes hi uh sam and rudy there was a december 9th 1965 incident in kecksburg pennsylvania referred to as the pennsylvania roswell a fireball was reported by uh by citizens of six united states and canada over detroit michigan and windsor canada astronomer says it was likely a meteor uh 
bold, uh, boiled, burning up in the atmosphere and descending at a steep angle. NASA released a statement in 2005 reporting that experts had, had examined fragments from the area and determined they were from a Soviet satellite, but records of their findings were lost in the 1990s. The incident gained worldwide no notoriety and popular culture in UFO ufology, with speculations ranging from alien craft to debris from the Soviet space probe Cosmos 96. Do you get any information on what it was? Thank you both as always. Um, I do think that it was space debris, and so they were correct on that. I do feel, though, that many of the UFO sightings have been explained as space debris when it wasn't. Okay. Um, but no, I think this one in particular, uh, it was a pretty fantastical light, um, but it was, it was, and people wouldn't be familiar with that so much back in the 90s, so... Yeah you know, these, these set, but now we see them because now you see them wherever they happen in the world, somebody's got a phone. Yeah. Or right? a car so cam. Yeah. Yeah. So you see these things like you saw the one from um, the Starlink, uh -huh. the one that blew up or there was, there was one that was um, re-entering or it was blowing up or being destroyed or something. There was something recently, yeah. but it was pretty fantastical yeah. to watch it. But you know, now that we have, everybody's got, a video camera in their pocket all the time. Now we're learning so much more about this stuff, but we're going to get even more okay. um, light shows from the UFOs though. And it's going to be great because people are going to be able to post it. Yeah. Do you think the Kecksburg one was Soviet or was it um, because, you know, that's the thing that always surrounds it is military shows up, things get carted away and there's always anecdotes of people saying big military trucks came in. What do, you, do you think that they came in and recovered some stuff? Oh, yeah, because, I mean, there's some liabilities, too. Plus, they don't really know what it is until they okay. you know, pick it up, right? It really could be a UFO because that's happened before. I mean, they said, oh, yeah, it's space debris. And it's like, oh, my God, it's a UFO that crashed. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Calvin has two questions here. The first one, how can we protect ourselves from benevolent beings from the other side? Well, you know, if you're somebody who's like me and they're unfairly harassing you, um, the best thing that you can do when they're doing that is um, acknowledge that they're doing it and you're not going to buy into it. First of all, you don't, you don't continue. You don't let them, when they start to put it in there and want to spin the story, you stop it. You're like, Nope, sorry, not going to work. You can't, you know, I, I didn't say you could use my mind today or ever for that matter. Um, and, you know, I would say that, you know, abuse of drugs and alcohol. And, you know, if there's nothing wrong with having some drinks, but I'm talking about abuse. That's how um, the malevolent beings will get in to you, you yeah. know, because I've, I've seen that. I didn't know. Um, and, you know, if somebody works is a light worker like I am, and if you get into that, oh, yeah, you can be one destructive witch. I'll tell you, it's not it's not a good scene at all, especially not for you if you get because they want that. Right. They want to win you over to their side. Oh, my God. If they could get a light worker to be a dark worker instead. <laughs> oh, boy, that's quite the prize for them. So, you know, be very careful if you want to get into doing this type of thing. You have to make sure that you are staying positive. Um, oh, and also uh, regular exercise is so important. I was feeling really flat frazzled earlier because as some of you may know, my mother is going downhill very quickly and she still lives alone. 
Um, so she called me today and I had a, I, I had finished what I was doing and then I was able to go in and pick her up and just, you know, and she doesn't require too much. She just needs like you to go and pick her up and take her somewhere and do something okay. with her. And then you drop her off and then she's not, you know, she gets, she told me she's getting, she goes, Oh, she goes, I hope when you're really old, you're, you're not all alone. And she goes, I just have a phobia of being here by myself every day now since the, you know, but, yeah. but it's because dementia's kicking in. Right. And she's right. starting to, you know, go through those motions, you know, but then, you know, because I was so pushed today for my time, because imagine if you all of a sudden um, had to do something for three hours in the day that you hadn't planned. I mean, you're pushing stuff around, right? Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I, I real, I still have to go to the gym. Today is Wednesday. I've promised that I'm going to do the weights Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and, you know, relax in the spa. And I think I can do a much better job on Rudy's psychic meetup if I'm not like this frazzled and, you know, just run off my feet. So I think it's, I think it's okay once in a while to just sort of say, you know what, I can't do that right now. So that's another way that, you know, one way that the malevolent beans will try to get you turned around is they'll try to put too much on your plate, frustrate you. Um, you guys have seen that with me. I had so many, I mean, I was almost embarrassed to tell people all of the crazy stuff that would happen to try to keep me from doing my work yeah. with Sam Jammers, you know, and it became very clear and obvious to me that something was going wrong on because there, you know, it was more than two, three, four, ten times that it would be either before a live stream or I would be sitting down to do like a serious conversation with somebody over discord who I'm trying to help yeah. them figure out the minutia of what it is they're going through, like, you know, big deals. Right. And that's when crazy stuff would start to happen. So, you know, you have to always make sure that you take time to take a breath, settle down and don't allow yourself to get overwhelmed because that's when these sort of things can work their way in and get you feeling negative and, you know, beat up and, you know, but Hey, listen, it's hard to be pissy about anything when the market is now over $2 trillion. This is very true, very true. Uh, and Calvin also says, will aliens publicly interact with Earth in the near future? Not near future. Okay. Yeah, uh, and, I, and I guess you could say that. Yeah, they're going to publicly interact with us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm. I'll be rich first before that yes, happens. We'll all be rich and hiding somewhere. <laughs> uh, Big Bad Verly Bob says, Hi guys, only 15% of matter in universe can be accounted for as normal matter. That leaves 85% unknown and referred to as dark matter. First and perhaps most perplexingly, researchers remain unsure about what exactly dark matter is. Any insights from the folks on the other side? Thanks. Well, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in the ethos and there's the in-between world. And I think that that might be it. I mean, and the in-between world has like so much stuff in it. I mean, we've seen some videos now, like all of these, um, uh, these co closed caption, all these cameras that are everywhere now. And then people happen to see like footage of these crazy, like creature looking, you know, like disgusting, gross, you know, you can see like the bones through their skin and their hor you know, they're, they're, yeah. They're like, and it's like, well, that's the in-between world, though. There's all kinds of dark matter in there. And I think that's what it is. I think it's the stuff, that stuff I'm running through. That's what it is. 
It's Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Richard Carlson says he thinks it's another universe. That's it. Yeah. It, it would be. It, it is pretty. It's another realm. And probably hard to describe to a medium, right? Or even a human of, you know, here's here's what this is. So, uh, but good question. Thanks, Big Bad Burly Bob. Uh, Tiki writes, hi, Sam and Rudy. I listened to a woman by the name of Wendy Kennedy. Her site is higher frequency. She claims to channel the PS for Palladians. Is this true to any extent? Thanks. You know, it's funny. I think somebody asked me if I was a Palladian. They said, you have like those big eyes and the shape of your face. And you look like a Palladian, right? With your big head and stuff. And I was like... I was like, I'm, you know what? That stuff is all made up. I'm sorry to tell you guys. It's totally. Now, I understand their concept. And are there uh, societies out there? Oh, yeah, there are. But there's nobody like that who's talking to them. Okay. All right. Don't believe them. It's just, that's just the money made. They're just fleecing you guys for money. They're just, and, or they, or if, even if you have somebody who's not making any money, they're, they're just doing it for attention. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Sam. Uh, Neo Optic writes, what is the relationship between the non-terrestrial civilizations that visit Earth and what you refer to as the people on the other side? Can they communicate and how do they perceive each other? They don't. They don't at all because the the, the non-terrestrial uh, civilizations that visit Earth are part of our realm. Okay. Right. Even if they're passing through and they're opening up a portal, they're, then they are coming into our realm. Okay. Right. And it's a different situation altogether. Um, we come from like the other side where you can only, you can't be anything physical to go there. Physicality okay. doesn't go there. Whereas the aliens are physical beings. So they exist in a universe like we do. And they found a way to break through this portal, which is, you know, which kind of proves that everything is probably like in a circle, right? Because if they can, break through a portal and then cut out, you know, 50,000 light years of traveling. Cause that's what it looks like. It does is that it puts them like right next to us and they break through. That's a totally different thing. Um, they don't communicate with each other, nothing. They have like zero and some of them, okay. they have zero knowledge of even, you know, source or who we are or anything. So it might be like a, a bug or some sort of animals that are around here that are living yeah. beings, but they're not connected with source. Like the way it. we are. They have, okay. no, they have no idea, you okay. know, what we are like that, that um, the the alien that I communicated with, who was like the, the, I don't know if he was like an admiral general, just from what he, the feeling that I got, you know, he was shocked that I was able to sort of teleport and appear to him, you know, because he doesn't, they look at us as like, you know, we're little bugs. We don't have any either like, oh, yeah, look at the little humans there. But then when one shows up and it's like, yeah, don't come. <laughs> don't come. Yeah, no, that'll be a mistake. You're going right. to lose, right? You're going to lose. And they're just, and, they're and their mind is going, wee-oo, wee-oo, because they're seeing me, right? And I'm talking to them. Yeah. And I'm yeah. not even afraid of them, even though I should be, because when he's sitting down, his, when he's sitting down, it's like my head might be above where his legs are when he's sitting down. So if he stood up, I mean, yeah. but that didn't happen. <laughs> Interesting. We'll have to hear more about that, uh, that experience. Uh, Sean writes, hi, Sam and Rudy. Can you explain the angelic realm? They are, uh, they are light beings like we are, but take solid form like us. Uh, I would like to know, uh, 
like to know, are they more powerful energy or a different energy? I'm fascinated by them. So many stories of people being rescued in the physical sense, but also mentally. Uh, when you truly believe and are of a kind heart, it seems that these beings are with us all. You just have to ask. I love a blab on this, Sam, uh, as Sam is probably closer to them than anyone. Thank you, Sean. So um, this is a great question about angels. And actually, it's interesting um, that that Sam, um, Sean says, you know, Sam is probably closer to them than anyone. And it's like, I'm actually not. I'm absolutely not. Um, I don't know very much about angels. Um, I don't communicate with angels. Um, I know when people are making up names about angels. <laughs> I know when people are making stuff <laughs> up. Um, I think sometimes, and again, you know, I mean, I, I know where I, I know where I can wander through. This is, you know, where my expertise are, is in, you know, being a medium and, you know, psychic abilities and whatever the people on the other side are giving me information on. Um, but angels, I, I mean, I'm going to have to stick to the only story that I'm aware of with them is that they are responsible for transporting us back and forth. So when we're born, they, or when we're in, not born, but when we're, when we become like the light beings in the mother, like the fetus, like when that spark happens, like we're brought down here by the angels. Okay. And then when we're, when we are dying and we go over to the other side, the angels escort us. Right. Cause it protects us from yeah. the, the, because remember not every, only mediums have spirit guides and it's to protect them from the demons, creatures, and the things that live in between. If you're passing through there, you need to have your angel with you, okay. right? Now, do angels interfere with stuff here on Earth? Oh, absolutely. And I think they can appear as, as uh, humans. Um, you know, I would not hesitate to call upon an angel if I was in really big trouble and needed help. I would probably call on my dad first because he's over on the other side and he would give me whatever ideas. But if I needed something to physically appear. Um, I can't see that being a situation that would come up, but you know, I'm telling you right now, I do believe that when people talk about angels appearing before them and you know, you're like, you know, these people are not people who make stuff up. I'm like, yeah, sure. That can happen. It can happen. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. I think we've, we've had that question come up before. So um, yeah, there are some good stories out there. Um, let's see. Rick Ray, <laughs> are there people on the other side who don't believe in God? <laughs> no. I don't think that's an oxymoron almost. Um, yeah, and then uh, Moo says, can you expand on the Gray's conversations from the last Psychic Nerds? The Gray's conversation. I don't Remind know. us, Moo, we were talking about aliens? About them not being uh, like organic beings, I think. Like they're alive, but they don't have a, a or they were like organic robots. I think I, I seem to remember that topic. I might have to save it for Friday. Yeah, yeah. No, I just I have limited information on them and what they're about. They're not, as far as I know, they're not part of Source, the aliens and the souls that they have. But you know, I mean, we have um, like our dogs, for example, dogs and cats, like our pets. Like they have souls. We see okay. them on the other side, but they're not, they're not light beings. They're not part of source. Okay. Right. But they do have souls. So I'm thinking that it's, you know, that, that would just be my human assumption. I'm like, well, you know, I'm sure the aliens have source. I have uh, souls like we do, but just different. They're just different. Like how we have, you know, the living beings here with us on the earth have, okay. 
a flame inside of them as well that allows them to live and function. And then when that gets snuffed out, their body stops working. And then whatever it was that was in them goes over to the other side. Okay. And, but it's just not the same status as, you know, being part of source. Okay. Uh, Matt Kurtz, sorry for the last minute question. Uh, angels protect us too from the other side. Were angels created when source decided to start coming to earth? No. No, angels have been around since the beginning. So as soon as source was created, angels, because angels serve source. So okay. they angels have been around since the beginning as well. Like, well, like probably five minutes after. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Barton Tom writes, has the United States secretly made several trips to the moon or to Mars in advanced spacecraft using... Uh, or made that was used, sorry, that was made using ET or UFO technology? No. Okay. Uh, and then last question for the night. Sam, you said on Sunday that people will be having more infertility, infertility worldwide during the coming years. Do you see more surrogacy and what might the effects of the energetic, spiritual, emotional state of those women carrying the babies for others be? Well, the people on the other side showed me that surrogacy will increase. And they they showed me that um, people would even offer me copious amounts of money for my eggs because of my mediumistic abilities being in my DNA where I have two children. Oh, wow. Both from different fathers. I know, such a slut. <laughs> At least we know you can always make money, right? That, uh, I, was, I was married. Build the eggs. <laughs> <laughs> I sucked two guys into marrying me, not just one. <laughs> No, seriously though. Um, the 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 thing is, is that they showed me that, and they and I was like, wow, it must be going to get tough, you know, to have children naturally. And then if people are, because I was like, I was like, don't be silly. Like mine are so old. Like even I don't want them. Like why would you want them? I don't want them. They're too old now. You're gonna have babies with two heads now. Don't don't get don't get eggs from women in their fifties. You. Go with, you know, if you can choose like 25, 35, you know, that's okay. No, seriously though, folks, um, you know, there's going to be more people looking for, um, you know, women's eggs and men's sperm that meet certain quotas and requirements or someone who has certain special abilities, for example, um, and it's going to become like a big industry because the governments won't be able to stop it. So they're like, okay, well, we better try to at least legalize it so that people aren't taken advantage of and have their money stolen from them since we can't stop it. Interesting. What crypto do you see being used to verify the eggs uh, and the, <laughs> the authenticity? <laughs> uh, who knows what we'll see, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> who who knows what, it, what we will see, but don't worry, tech cowgirl. It won't be Handmaiden's Tale. Not that I've watched that, but I get an idea about what it is. Alex says V-Chain. I was like, yeah, probably something along the lines of V-Chain. Um, but the thing is, is that this will be an opportunity for people who are willing to do this, um, to do this for people. And I actually know somebody who had a child from a surrogate. Okay. And, you know, you're not allowed to legally, like, pay somebody. But, you know, she got, like a big screen TV, all new furniture, you know, like they just, it, there's the unsaid, you know, if you do this for us, we're going to do this for you. Right. And so that, you know, it's like, there's always ways around it. 
and it's going to become more and more as people, especially in certain parts of the of the world, are going to have problems with um, their fertility. And that's going to be a big eye-opener as far as the whole... I say, you know, we don't really have a problem with climate change. It's pollution. Yeah. We have a problem with pollution. And people just don't... They. It's like, why are you going for the big one? You know, this is humans. Humans are so full of them. We're so full of ourselves. You know, I can, I can do it. I can change the climate. No, you can't, you <laughs> dummy. You can't change the climate. But can you pollute you less? Yes, you can pollute less. So, you know, why don't you put that stuff in play, right? Yeah. Well, great stuff tonight, Sam. Thank you so much. And uh, look forward to cryptos tomorrow.